Welcome back to the Iron Money Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Donnie Tudal. Today, we're going to get into the second chapter of kind of my intro, what's made me me, everything that's gone into it, how I got to where I am today, and kind of why, you know, why you guys are all here listening to me. And the second chapter is going over powerlifting, this time in the weight room. So I started in the weight room when I was 12. I was a little fat kid. My dad got me a trainer, Sayyid Nisa, and uh, started there. I uh, did not like the gym. I didn't want to be there. I was lazy as hell. I wanted to be at home playing video games, just typical fat kid. And what I liked even less, though, than being in the gym was getting made fun of constantly for being a fat kid. So kind of started to grow a little bit, kind of started to get a little bit bigger. People kind of started shutting the fuck up a little bit, and the bullying honestly started to fall off pretty dramatically uh, fast forward a couple years i was in there after practice i was in there in the mornings i was man i spent way too much time in the gym totally overtrained but i got to high school at 135 pounds and i graduated high school at 235 pounds and that was a combination of me eating whatever the hell i felt like as much as i possibly could um, the strength conditioning program at the school um, my time spent with saia and then just me being in there fucking getting after it constantly. Didn't matter if it was basketball season, football season, whatever. I was still in the gym, still doing stuff. Um, no real no real plan, you know. Didn't really start squatting until, you know, high school. Didn't really start doing a lot of stuff until later on. But built me a really good foundation and gave me a lot of, a, you know, honestly high-level understanding of different things from day one. Saia played in the NFL, played at Boise State. Um his coach actually in high school was one of my coaches at Highlands, which was Ferragamo. So that was pretty cool to be able to have. Um, so I spent the whole, you know, whole time in high school in the weight room. Didn't know anything about powerlifting. Got into college. Same thing. Um, got there. I, was, I think I was like the fourth strongest dude on the team, fifth strongest dude on the team. Um, one of the strongest dude. Didn't mean I was one of the best players or anything like that, but definitely one of the stronger people in the school. And then – you know, fell in love with the strength and conditioning aspect there. I'd spend hours, extra hours in the gym. Um, you know, any coaching that I could get, like, I had an idea that I wanted to be in strength and conditioning, but I get, I get made fun of so much. I would, like, ask the coach, like, hey, will you come watch my set and make sure I'm doing it correctly? I want to do it right, and I wanted to learn because I knew I was kind of setting myself up. And these guys would just trash me all the time. Got made fun of so much for wanting to learn and – uh by, by some of the other players and but it helped me so much it helped me really really grind out uh, a very very good understanding uh, from coach sam and andrea andrea montague is probably one of the most impactful people that i've had in the weight room um she was an amazing coach and then after they were done we had a coach wilcox come in he ended up being division one strength conditioning coach of the year that changed things drastically the dude, I mean, Coach Sam was amazing, but just a totally different style. It was, it was very, very different. Very fun, though, still. And, uh, man, that dude just came in and kicked the shit out of us. I learned an entirely new way of doing things. Really cool. And then when I transferred schools, uh, my head football coach was one of the strength and conditioning coaches at University of Oregon. He was the head guy. And he was at Cal and just kind of all over the big time college scene. And, uh, with guys that were sprinkled in that had strength conditioning backgrounds, like all across it. And it was just so much information, so consistently. And it was, it was amazing. So fast forward, 
when I went and uh, got into you know NFL free agency and stuff, I was spending most of my time in um, Santa Monica. And I was training primarily out of Gold's Gym Venice. So I spent three years training in Gold's Gym Venice, which is where I met Emilio Paez and then Chris and Mark Bell Slingshot. And Emilio primarily, but Chris and his brother had a lot to do with getting me going in powerlifting as well. And that's kind of when, you know, I mean, Steve Dennison says it all the time. You know, you catch the iron bug. Um, I was in there training for football with a bunch of bodybuilders. They didn't train anything like me. And I wanted to find, like, basically the strongest motherfucker in there to push me. And that was Emilio. And so I got in with him, and I learned a whole nother fucking set of things. I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there shadowing you know, Charles Glass and um, training chess with, like, Mike O'Hearn and doing back and shoulders with, like, 50 Cent and Dom Azzetti and, like, man, I have the coolest shit. Like, oh, man, Tiny Leaser, uh, Sergeant Dokes was in there. Like, man, there was some uh, – it, it was just unbelievable. Um, it was unbelievable. Just the amount of people that were in there that I learned from, like, John claude Van Damme. <laughs> I told him to fuck off once. I didn't know who he was. Uh, so if I could borrow weight or have a weight, and he's like, oh, yeah, bring it back. Like, just being a smart ass, I was like, all right, fuck off. And I was like, oh, man, I can't believe I didn't just get roundhouses by you. Um, but just everybody in there was so damn smart, and I learned constantly. And then when I started doing different um, NFL tryouts, you know, having conversations with different staffs and different, you know, training staffs, strength and conditioning staffs, um, my my sprint coach was Nabi Fofana, and he was a two time Olympic sprinter in London and Beijing. Stuff I learned from him, the stuff I learned from Zoner's group, the stuff I learned from Coles, the stuff I learned from Houston, all these different camps that I was going to. It was just unbelievable. Just being force fed all this information, and you know that gave me the opportunity to go and I got to work with Shaquille O'Neal's kids. I got to work with. Harrison Ford's grandkids. I got to work with uh, the Russo family. I basically like lived at the Russo family. Like the Russos do all the Captain, all the all the Avengers, all the Marvel type stuff. Uh, I was there when he was overseas, over in Germany, um, filming Winter Soldier. I had the opportunity to basically like live with this kid, train him, get him coached up on um, playbook stuff, and it was, it was just unbelievable. Um, got to work with couple of the top recruits in the nation um, for football, amazing basketball, um, learn from the strength and conditioning coach that came there after I was there, learn from the football coaches that were already there that were good at it as well. And it was just so much learning constantly. And in that time, you know, started lifting with Emilio and decided to do a meet. And I was like, man, like this, this shit was amazing. It was so much fun. I had no idea what I was doing, but it just it just caught me at that point. And all this coaching that I was doing, I was like, man, like these things just go together. Like I feel so much better. I, I used powerlifting to actually train for the NFL combine. And I and it did really, really well with me. I was doing that and I was working with my sprint coach. And I mean I ran great times. I jumped great. I hit great numbers. Um, everything was solid as hell, actually. And all the bodybuilding, powerlifting strength conditioning specific stuff that I've learned just coming up allowed me to put myself because no one helped me with my strength conditioning. It was only the sprint work. Um, it allowed me to put myself in a very, very good situation where I came in, I kicked ass, I performed extremely well. And I was able to say like, yeah, I, I coached myself. I programmed myself. I did these things independently. And then I had my sprint coach helping me just with the running stuff. 
And uh, that was that was tremendous. That put me on the map. That created credibility for me. And um, started working with, you know, um, college and professional rugby players, figure skaters, baseball players, um, NFLers. You know, I started working with a lot of the specialists across the league that were either trying to make it or had made it um, doing different, you know, hip and lower back specific um, programming for a lot of the punters and kickers. And then um, just overall strength conditioning programming for some of the snappers and the abilities or not the ability, the opportunities just kind of kept on piling on. And, you know, the more that I grew as a power lifter in that time, the more opportunities it seemed to, to create for me. Cause I was like, well, this dude's coaching it and he's also doing it himself. And it got to the point where when I was, you know, decided to move back to Montana, you know, my mom got sick and everything like that. Like I was a hundred percent comfortable in just going into powerlifting and powerlifting basically became that, that passion, that obsession. And I built an entire career around it. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for Emilio for, you know, taking me under his wing and, and Chris and those guys and guys like Rick Simmons at Ironmongers and just all the guys around the country that have helped mold me into what I am. But it wouldn't have been po- um, possible without powerlifting. And the powerlifting, I really don't think, would have been possible without the coaching that I was able to get into. And it just all comes full circle, man. Like, if I didn't get in the gym when I was 12 with Saia, my dad didn't put me in there, those opportunities would have just been so different. And, you know, things happen for a reason. And even all, like, the as much as I got made fun of for as much time I spent in the gym or the coaching that I was trying to get and different things like that. Like I wouldn't change any of it for anything because I'm kicking ass now. Like, I'm in a position where these guys who were talking shit and were running their mouths and always had something to say, like God, these motherfuckers are miserable. They hate what they do. They're not happy in their life at all. And I'm sitting here like, <laughs> I can't remember the last time I went to work, like sitting down recording this podcast is probably the most strenuous like not a hundred percent up my alley. What I love to do when I'm excited about doing that I've done in like months, months and months. And, uh, but I'm also enjoying talking about it, but like going and getting the stuff, getting the set up, like figuring out which websites I can do this thing on, figuring out how to make it upload on the Spotify, like all these different things. Like that's work to me. All the other stuff I do on a daily basis is just, I'm so, so lucky. And it's, it's a direct result of the sport of powerlifting coaching being able to run powerlifting meets being able to travel the country and use powerlifting in that and the lessons that i learned from powerlifting is so similar to uh you know the lessons i learned in football it just you know kind of more of an adult version of it you know you walk in you do the work you show up when you need to and you follow the script you're gonna do well if you don't you're gonna struggle and you gotta eat you gotta rest Today, for example, like I spent the whole weekend drinking in Nashville, fucking around, not sleeping much. I'm supposed to do a squat air wrap tonight. Well, I pushed that to tomorrow because I got in late last night, didn't sleep great, wasn't going to put myself through it today, so I'm going to push it back. Now, <laughs> I should have probably just not had as much fun as I did, but I had to make a good decision. But sometimes, you know, when you make those decisions and you don't have the luxury of moving things around, like it bites you in the ass and you learn from it and then you can kind of move forward and be like, all right, well, I can't do that next time. Or I need to do this differently next time. And taking care of yourself really becomes a priority. You know, that's where I hardly ever drink, hardly ever drink. I'd rather, you know, smoke a little bit and uh, go that route versus putting alcohol in my body. I mean, I'm not getting hung over from it and things like that. Now it's legal in Montana, but it's just a different, you know, your priorities kind of shifted and all that's allowed me to really become more successful in my career as a coach and my career as a power lifter. 
And it just all comes back together and all really does that. So, you know, I'm grateful for the sport of powerlifting because it's given me the ability to grow as a competitor, grow as a coach, and then start doing meet director stuff, grow as a meet director, grow as a ref, just constant growth. And that's, and it's something to be a part of. It's something worth being a part of, whether it be on the coaching, the meet directing, the refing, the lifting, We've got amazing people who all understand the struggle that everybody goes through to do this and the travel and the cost and the time put in and the commitments and the PED use or the lack of PED use and the pain for coaches and the, just everything that goes into it, the heartache, the blood, sweat, and tears, the days where you just want to say, fuck it, and you got to go show up anyways. And all that type of stuff. Like it's, it's just such an opportunity, such a blessing to be able to be involved with something like that. And I mean, that's probably been one of the things that has helped me just grow as a human being so much outside of therapy and things like that. Just the sport of powerlifting in general, the camaraderie that, you know, it's different in football. And when you get a situation like this as a lifter and everyone is genuinely together and supportive and just getting after it together, and it's something worth being a part of. It's something that I'm so blessed and so grateful to have in my life and that I'm able to impact people's lives with it. And it set me up to have a career that I can do all over the country. It's, I mean, I just bought a house in Nashville. I've never even been to Tennessee, but I was under contract before being there for the first time. It's just not, just simply not possible without the sport of powerlifting and what it has kind of granted me and the opportunities it's given me. So, and if you guys are looking for something, that's why I love it. And that's, that's how it's helped me. And maybe it'll help you guys. Um, I know a lot of the guys that are combat vets and LEOs or ex-athletes and just guys who had a really good community before and then lose that when they get out of the military, when they get out of sports or when they get out of service or, you know, stop working as a cop or they go through a divorce, like they need something to be a part of. And this sport is so tremendous at that. And I think that's why uh, I've gravitated so heavily towards that and bought into it so heavily is we're able to come together. We're able to do these things together and keep each other up and keep each other growing as human beings and as, as you know, contributing members to society and all those different things. So, you know, hopefully that gives you a little bit of insight why powerlifting and coaching just kind of go together so much for me and why I do intertwine a lot of it. Like I have people that are not going to be powerlifters ever, but I still use squat bench deadlift because of what it demands from you uh, mentally and the technique and the challenge and if you do it right it's going to be so good for you the benefits you get from it and you know that, that type of stuff is just so so valuable to me and it's it's brought me a long long ways so i hope a lot of you guys maybe take a shot on a sport like that maybe take a shot on something that you know allows you to really be a part of something bigger than you and that you can genuinely buy into and just love every second of it because it's we're all worth having that and you know getting a coach is for everybody I have coaches. I have like $60,000 worth of coaches a year that I pay to help me improve on different things, whether it be business, nutrition, training, whatever. And, uh, you know, I, I wish, I hope everyone has that opportunity. I hope everyone has that opportunity to get on a platform and go out and test themselves and, you know, be encouraged to do so by their peers and by strangers and by people that they'll never talk to again. Uh, but they're going to sit there and cheer for them and scream for them. And just, it's such a cool thing. So powerlifting is just, genuinely made such a tremendous impact in my life with coaching all that type of stuff and you know you guys will see more and more of why that is and how that is i probably won't have to talk about it really anymore you guys will just see it from conversations that i have on here and different things that we started getting into but it's a lot of fun so 
Got about two more chapters, kind of just going through briefly, kind of giving an overview of, you know, what football is like, what coaching and powerlifting is like, you know, what type of entrepreneurial stuff are we in, like these athletes in real estate, just all that different type of stuff, just an overview. But, you know, it, it is worth uh, noting that the benefits and the great impacts of some of these things have given us. So I hope you guys can get something from that. And uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for tuning in.